Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the feast of St. Pius of Pietrelcina, better known as Padre Pio. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, who by a singular grace gave the priest, St. Pius, a share in the cross of your Son, and by means of his ministry renewed the wonders of your mercy, grant that through his intercession we may be united constantly to the sufferings of Christ, and so brought happily to the glory of the resurrection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Proverbs. Every word of God is unalloyed. He is the shield of those who take refuge in him. To his words make no addition, lest he reprove you and know you for a fraud. Two things I beg of you. Do not grudge me them before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Grant me only my share of bread to eat. For fear that surrounded by plenty, I should fall away and say, The Lord, who is the Lord? Or else, in destitution, take to stealing and profane the name of my God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp for my feet. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp for my feet. My soul pines away with grief. By your word, raise me up. The law from your mouth means more to me than silver and gold. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp for my feet. Your word, O Lord, forever stands firm in the heavens. I turn my feet from evil paths to obey your word. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp for my feet. I gain understanding from your precepts, and so I hate false ways. Lies I hate and detest, but your law is my love. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp for my feet. Alleluia, alleluia. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. He said to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither staff, nor haversack, nor bread, nor money, and let none of you take a spare tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and when you leave, let it be from there. As for those who do not welcome you, when you leave their town, shake the dust from your feet as a sign to them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You only need to hear a couple of little anecdotes about Padre Pio to find out that he really was a bit of a character. Um, tough, faithful, and clearly had a humorous streak to him. One of the stories that sticks out in my mind was um, someone apparently went up to him and, and asked about the wounds in his hands and feet. Um, because, of course, Padre Pio shared the wounds of Christ um, suffering the stigmata. And uh, this person went up to him and said, um, so, do the wounds hurt? And Padre Pio lost his patience, I think, a little bit at this point and just said, well, they're not there for decoration. Fair enough. <laughs> There's your answer. But it does touch upon one of the really curious aspects of Padre Pio's life, this sharing in the suffering of Christ, receiving the wounds of Christ in his hands and in his feet. Um, it seems that also periodically he would suffer the wounds of the crown of thorns um, and also um, it would seem a, a wound on his shoulder as well, um, judging by stains that were left on his nightshirt. Now, the stigmata is actually pretty rare um, among saints, there's really only a handful that have actually had it. Um, most famously, I suppose, um, St. Francis of Assisi. Um, but you sort of pause and go, what is up with that phenomenon? What, what's that really about? Well, this might seem a little weird, but I'd, I'd like to read you a quote from one of C.S. Lewis's works called um, A Grief Observed. Now, you're going to have to work with me here a little bit because um, I might only be able to pull the threads together at the final bit, but hopefully it'll make a little bit of sense. Now, a grief observed is the account of Lewis's own grief at the death of his wife, Joy. Now, Lewis married late in life. Um, he met Joy. Um, they fell madly in love with each other. But Joy was already sick with cancer when they married, uh, and although she went into remission for a time, um, the, the cancer came back and obviously, you know, she succumbed to the cancer. And, and this work is a very raw and revealing record of, of Lewis's own personal grief. I mean, the man was just shattered. But the bit that I'd like to quote to you um, is Lewis speaking about the last night of his wife's life and about him sharing in her suffering. Listen to this. It is incredible how much happiness, even gaiety, we sometimes had together after all hope was gone. How long, how tranquilly, how nourishingly we talked together that last night. And yet, not quite together. 
there's a limit to the one flesh. You can't really share someone else's weakness or fear or pain. What you may feel may be bad. It might conceivably be as bad as what the other felt, though I should distrust anyone who claimed that it was. But it would still be quite different. When I speak of fear, I mean the merely animal fear, the recoil of the organism from its destruction, the smothery feeling, the sense of being a rat in a trap. It can't be transferred. The mind can sympathise, the body less. In one way, the bodies of lovers can do at least. All their love passages have trained them to have not identical, but complementary, correlative, even opposite feelings about one another. We both knew this. I had my miseries, not hers. She had hers, not mine. The end of hers would be the coming of age of mine. We were setting out on different roads. This cold truth, this terrible traffic regulation. You, madam, to the right. You, sir, to the left. Is just the beginning of the separation, which is death itself. Well, you can certainly hear the reality of a man in pain uh, in those words. But the reason why I brought it up, though, is because... He rightly points out that we can't really suffer each other's sufferings. And whilst they walked that journey together, at the end of the day, the journey was one that separated them both. You, sir, to the right. You, madam, to the left. And while they both had their sorrows, their sorrows were not identical. I had my miseries, he said, not hers. She had hers, not mine. There's a limit, he says, to the one flesh that you can't really share someone else's weakness or fear or pain. But I think that's also where the stigmata becomes interesting. That if you do share in the wounds of Christ, if by means of an extraordinary grace, the Lord does give you a little hint, a little snippet, a tiny little angle on his passion, that that might actually be a way of living a new intimate union with Christ. Yeah, it's an extraordinary grace. It's it's one that's given very, very rarely and, and only to a privileged few. Um, but maybe it really is actually a privilege, as painful as it is, to have some kind of insight, some kind of sharing with the passion of Christ. To have a little sense of what he felt and what he endured becomes a measure of his love. I mean, you know, the chief priests and the scribes, they, they taunted Jesus to come down from the cross and to save himself. But he doesn't, of course, out of love, out of love for the Father, out of love for us. And so it seems to me that the great stigmatists and, and Padre Pio, who we're looking at today, are given a privileged insight into the love of Christ. To have a tiny sense of what he endured out of love for us. Yeah, those wounds weren't there for decoration. 
It seems to me that C.S. Lewis in uh, his work, A Grief Observed, that he's kind of lamenting the fact that he couldn't feel his wife's pain, that he couldn't join her in her sufferings, that, you know, his miseries were ultimately his miseries and not hers and, and vice versa. But what intimacy would be brought about if they did share that same suffering, maybe in different degrees, but definitely with a common purpose, that of love. Now, I'll make a wild assumption, but I'm presuming that none of us actually have the stigmata, that none of us actually share the physical manifestation of Jesus' sufferings on the cross. But I wonder if this is an attitude that we can take towards the sufferings which we do experience, that it's something of a sharing in Christ's passion, that we get a privileged insight as we experience our pain into the kind of pains that Jesus bore out of love for us, that we're allowed to experience a little something of his pain. And that just as the stigmata will have brought about an intimate union between Padre Pio and Jesus, that maybe my sufferings could do the same. Rather than drive us apart, rather than be the thing that makes me wonder, well, why God, why God, and why do you let me go through this? Maybe it's a matter of, well, the Lord lets us go through this so that we can see something of his love for us. Maybe our own kind of stigmata can become the means of our union with Jesus. Maybe our own wounds aren't just for decoration, but can actually bring about a new intimacy with Christ who suffered. Now, I reckon that's the making of a saint. And I think here we have a great example in Padre Pio. Someone who's tough, faithful, and has a bit of a sense of humour who's able to suffer, stand alongside Jesus, and be drawn close to him in the cross. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.